Throughout the Holy Scriptures, we hear this word covenant time and time again. But what exactly is a covenant and what covenants has God made with Israel? That's what we'll be talking about on today's episode of the Amplify Israel podcast. Well, hey there, and thanks for joining us today on the Amplify Israel podcast. Man, we're excited that you've tuned in and that you're enjoying what we're doing here. It's pretty neat to see that this podcast is being listened to across the globe in places like Britain, Germany, Latvia, Canada, just to name a few. You guys are truly awesome, and it's so incredibly encouraging to see people hungry to learn about the nation and people of Israel. I'm Dr. Chris Fedorsik, your host on today's episode, and today we're going to be taking a look at covenants. What are they, and what covenants has God made with Israel? So let's first chat about that word, covenant. When we look at the word today in its most simplistic form, a covenant is a legally binding promise or an agreement. Historically, the fundamental function of a covenant was to establish a community of interest between the king and the people under his protection, his subordinates. So we see this implication of community, right? A coming together with common customs, common views, and a common life. It really is this intimate sharing of life. It's essentially where two parties join together in agreement to become identical with the same ultimate goal in mind. See, here's how I would define it. As an intentional, conscious agreement to work together in unity towards the same goal. Let me say that again. It's an intentional, conscious agreement to work together in unity towards the same goal. Marriage is an intentional, conscious decision between two different parties who come together with the same goal in mind. In order to reach the agreed-upon goal, whatever that may be, both parties must work in unity to make it happen. You see, at its core, it's unconditional love that forms the heart of a covenant relationship. And when we look at covenants in Scripture, it's God's unconditional love that we see time and time again that propels Him to want the best for His children, for those whom He has set apart as a special people, a special nation. We see in Exodus this love and grace in a very visible way as He leads His people out of Egypt. Time and time again, He protects them to lead them to an ultimate agreed-upon destination, the promised land. So God was to love and protect the Israelites, and for their part, they were to have an exclusive love and devotion to God, to, to Adonai alone. Their entire being, the patterns of their life, were to be an expression of this love and this devotion. We see in Deuteronomy that even though the Israelites are in exile and in judgment, they still enjoy the benefits of God's promises, of His love and His mercy, because at the end of the day, it's love, not law, that forms the very core of a covenant relationship. The basis of every covenant is love. It's through love that we find communion. It's, you know, we can choose to be guided by the law as our metric for decision-making, or we can allow love to serve as the guardrails for our life in which we choose to obey out of love, out of respect, out of honor. And because our foundation is love, 
we don't want to disappoint our heavenly father just as we don't want to disappoint our earthly father and our earthly mother. So that in a nutshell is covenant. So for time's sake today, we're going to take a look at three particular covenants, the the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, and the Davidic covenants. So we find the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 17, and Abram, or Avram, was told by God to leave his family and his homeland and to go to a place that God would show him. And it's there that he would become a great nation and a source of blessing for all people. And at 99 years young, God changes Abram's name to Abraham or Avraham and made a specific covenant with him. God's part was to make him the father of many nations and the covenant would continue through Abraham's descendants after him. God also promised that he would give the places that Abraham wandered to, he would give it to him, he would give those to his descendants as an everlasting possession. Right? He says, I'm giving this to you, to your future generations forever and ever. God says, I promise to be your God forever and ever, and you will have this land. It's, it's this covenant that established the eternal connection between God, his people, and the land of Israel. Now, for their part, Abraham was to undergo circumcision along with his entire household, both male children and male servants. And this practice was to continue generation after generation. Now, that still happens today where on the eighth day, Jewish males are circumcised. Now, without circumcision, you were to be cut off from the people. You were to be cut off from the promises of the covenant. We also see God change Abraham's wife's name from Sarai to Sarah, which symbolizes that the covenant promise is to be through the lineage of Abraham and Sarah, not Abraham and Hagar. Now, because he was aging, Abraham did ask God to look after Ishmael, the son he had with Hagar, and God did. But God also gave Abraham and Sarah a son, Isaac, as promised to begin the fulfillment of the covenant. And we see with both Isaac and then Jacob, God continually confirms his covenant with future generations. Now, this covenant was not replaced by the Mosaic covenant, which we'll talk about next, meaning its promises are as valid today as they were the day that they were made. So let's talk about the Mosaic covenant. We find this in Exodus 19, where God delivers the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he makes another covenant with them at Sinai. Now, this covenant isn't a a covenant of salvation, but rather it's a covenant of blessing and cursing. See, it spells out the guardrail, so to speak, where, in essence, faithful obedience garners blessing and security in the land, but disobedience brings upon curses and exile. We see God say, you know, even though you won't keep your end of the bargain, I will not forsake you. I won't forsake you. You'll be removed from the land and scattered among the nations, but the covenant still stands. It's from there that God will circumcise their hearts and they'll repent and turn back to him. God will then gather his people back to the land, which he confirms in the Abrahamic covenant. So the generation that made the agreement with God at Sinai failed. And because of this, they were unable to enter the promised land. But the next generation would reaffirm the covenant and they entered the land under the leadership of Joshua. Even though his people waver 
in their faithfulness, God does not. God continues to bring the scattered Jews home to their homeland, and this covenant continues to be fulfilled even today. No matter what, God is faithful. Now let's look at the Davidic covenant. Now this particular covenant addresses the messianic kingship through the lineage of David. David is a promised house. It's it's a dynasty. It's king of Israel, and it's his son, Solomon, that will build the temple. And this throne will stand forever, and the people of Israel will live in their own land. This is in 2 Samuel chapter 7. See, not only does this covenant matter when it's made, but it also has implications today and in the future. It established the continuation of the Torah, temple worship, the priesthood, and the covenant at Sinai, all while looking ahead to the Messianic kingdom to come. Now, history has interrupted this. That's no surprise to God, but this requires restoration and renewal. And we read about this in the book of Amos. In Amos chapter 9, verses 11 to 15, it says, On that day I will raise up the fallen shelter of David and wall up its gaps. I will also raise up its ruins and build it as in the days of old, so that they may possess the remnant of Edom. And all the nations who are called by my name declares the Lord who does this. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman will overtake the reaper, and the one who treads grapes will overtake him who sows the seed. When the mountains will drip grape juice, and all the hills will come apart. It will also restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they will rebuild the desolated cities and live in them. They will also plant vineyards and drink their wine and make gardens and eat their fruit. I will also plant them on their land, and they will not be uprooted again from their land, which I have given them, says the Lord your God. Israel will once again be in the promised land and will never again be uprooted out of it. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read that the beginning of this restoration is connected to Yeshua, connected to Jesus as Messiah and King of Israel. In Acts, Luke explains how the response of the early Jewish disciples, the the Talmudim, to the Gentiles turning to the God of Israel through the good news of Jesus is consistent with Amos' prediction. Jesus would soon reign on the throne of David over the house of Israel, and that kingdom would include the Gentiles called by the Lord. The conclusion is this, that the future holds a time when this will all be completed. Yeshua will return to Jerusalem, and all of Israel will be gathered to the land that was promised, and God's kingdom will be restored. Jesus will reign on the throne of David. The Torah will go forth from Zion. The word of God will go out from Jerusalem. There will be an eternal peace, shalom, and war will cease one day. Our God, the God of Israel, is a God of love, a God of promise, a God of follow-through. If he said it, if he promised it, it will come to pass. Well, that's all we have for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. And remember, if there's something you'd like to hear more about, let us know by sending us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or me. We all at Amplify Israel. Be sure to give us a like, follow, and share if you're enjoying the content we're putting out. Our heart is to get this in as many hands as the Lord wills as we continue to teach about this very important nation 
and these very important people. Until next week, Todaraba. God bless you all.